Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. The title of our message today is Beauty in Simplicity. The title of our message today is Beauty in Simplicity. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate things. How many would admit to us today in the room that sometimes you overcomplicate the problems in your life, right? They're really not as bad. Okay, a few of us. It's okay. It's okay. No, we all do. We tend to look at situations and problems and maybe add a lot more layers to what's really there. I mean, we are a layered people, right? Like we have a lot to us. There's a lot to you. There's a lot to me. We're kind of like an onion. But the more layers we peel away, the more we cry because every layer is a little bit more messed up than the surface one, right? We are just a layered people. We have a lot going on. There is a lot to us. But I also think it's important to slow down and find beauty in the simple things, to find beauty in the simplicity of who we are and who we, who we were created to be. The simplest truth in all of life is this, is that God created the world. God created us. He placed us in paradise and gave us the choice. And our choice was to mess things up like we do sometimes. But in God's incredible love, he simply chose to bring us back into relationship with him through his son, Jesus. That Jesus has given his life for you and for me and he's conquered death like we celebrated at the beginning of the month for Easter. And we can have a relationship with him today. And that's beautiful. And it's simple and it's true. It may be your first time in church in a while and you may be figuring out what you believe about God and Jesus. I wanna let you know today, we're so glad you're here and you belong here. And today I would simply ask you to open your heart and listen to the things that we're talking about this morning. Because life a lot of times is about all the things that we desire, all the things that we want, all the things that we think we need. And sometimes we really run after achieving all of those things or checking off all the task lists. But here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, verse 33. He says, instead of all that, it's on your card up on the screen as well. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I love that word instead. Because Jesus knows the stresses of life that you and I walk through. Jesus knows the complexities of our story that we live with day in and day out. And he says, hey, I know that's crazy. I know that's a lot to deal with. So instead, try this. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom. That what we see is not all that there is. But there is more to this life. Then desire God's righteousness. Again, God's righteousness is not some religious thing about having to be perfect in everything that we do. God's righteousness is the fact that we are now called righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and me. That when God sees you and when he sees me, he doesn't see my mistakes anymore. He doesn't see my unbelief. He doesn't see sin. He sees his son, Jesus. And now he calls me righteous because of what Jesus did for me and for you on the cross and how he is alive today. And I want you to underline this. When we do that, underline all these things will be given to you as well. All these things, everything that you need is found in the provision of God. 
Everything that you're looking for is found in the person of Jesus. All these things, all spiritual, all material, all emotional, all physical, all joyful things will be given to you freely as well. As well means we've already been given something. We've been given the greatest gift ever. The Son of God would give his life for you and for me. Now I wanna give you some good news. Good news today, April 25th, 2021. Good news is the life you've always wanted is fully available to you right where you are with Jesus. The life you've always been looking for, if you'll write down those two words, the life you've always wanted is fully available. I know sometimes our natural inclination is to think that as the guy on stage, I have a closer connection to God than you're allowed to have. It's not true. That because of maybe some things you've walked through or what your past looks like, that you're way back here and everyone else is up there and God sees them first. But that's not true either. The life that you are wanting, the life you are looking for is fully available to you right now. The key is simply being with Jesus who longs to be with you because he is the friend that sticks closer to, than a brother. He is our conqueror. He is our champion today. He's forgiven you and set you free. Everything you need is fully available to you. There's no secret password. There's no hidden door you gotta walk through. All it starts with is saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. Write this down for me today. Nothing is standing between you and the life that is truly life because nothing can stand against Jesus. Nothing can stand in the presence of God that is evil or that is dark. Only the things of God can enter into your life because he is that powerful, he is that amazing, and he is that incredible. I want to encourage you today, you may feel like there's something between you and God right now. But I want you to know as we talk this morning, the simple answer is that Jesus has broken down every barrier, broken down every obstacle and made the way clear, made the way free, made the path easy to follow, to simply say yes to Jesus today and everything that you're looking for is fully available. Nothing is standing in your way. And sometimes we overcomplicate things, right? It can't be that easy, right? It cannot be, life is too hard for it to be that easy but it is because God is not all about making things confusing. He gives us the answer today. I remember learning this phrase way back when, when I was in ethics class at Florida State and it talked about Occam's razor, right? Where like the simplest answer is always the right one. The simple answer today is that God loves you and he loves you so much that he would do anything to bring you back into relationship with him. And that whether you believe in him or not, he believes in you. And I believe today you can have a moment with him where he speaks to your heart. We're about to celebrate at the end of this service seven people who have said yes to Jesus. And you're going to realize it's more than just clapping hands. It's a spiritual celebration that someone has moved from death to life, from sin to forgiveness, from dark to light, from despair to hope. That's what we're celebrating today. Let me give you one last verse that's been encouraging me this week before we pray and jump into it. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. Man, I just love this verse. So powerful, so good. God, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I love this verse because it tells me two things. Number one, God is not telling us that we have to figure it out ourselves. Here, the psalmist David is writing to us today saying, God, you are always going to show me the way. You're not gonna leave me to myself. You're not gonna run away and tell me to figure it out on my own. You're always showing me the next step and the step after that. Some of us, the first step was simply to be here today and here we are, which is amazing. But God, you also grant me joy. 
God wants us to be full of joy and to enjoy who we are. The second thing, the pleasures of living with him forever. This thing about talking about God and Jesus is not meant to be boring. We're meant to celebrate and laugh and enjoy it because that is the creator God that we're talking about today. So let's lean in. Let's jot some notes down. Let's see God speak to us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? God, I'm so thankful for every person here. God, none of them is here by a mistake. Whether they chose to be here or they were invited by a family member, God, they're here today and you want to speak to them. They're in the right place to hear from you. So God, I pray that you would fill this room with your hope, with your peace, and your joy. And today, God, we pray that you would fill this room and everyone watching online with this phrase that there's beauty and simplicity. God, be with all our kids next door. Help them enjoy church. Help them experience Jesus just like we are today. God, we love you. You're a truly good God. And God, I'm gonna start saying thanks for it again because it's getting around that time where I gotta remind you that I'm thankful for this, God, and that I'm grateful that we live in the best place ever. We live in Champa Bay in 2021. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Come on, clap your hands if you're excited to be here today. And you may say, why is this guy saying thanks for living in Champa Bay? Because I want God to know that I'm not taking it for granted, all right? Like, I want him to know I'm super grateful, super thankful. And if you call local church home, you know how much I pray for the lightning and the bucks all the time. And this year, praying for my Florida State Seminoles to be less than awful like they have been the last two years, right? For you, maybe, I don't know about for you, but this series that we've been talking about, this, these rush talks have really been like a wide awake message for me, like to really get back into intentionally living my life. Like I can't, I can't believe it's April, the last Sunday of April 2021 already. Like it's flown by. Just seems like last year we were stuck in our homes and couldn't do anything outside. And here we are, already getting past everything, hopefully, thank God, kind of moving forward, doing whatever we can to stay unified and stay caring about one another. But this message really has been a wake-up call for me to slow down, to begin to live my life again, to not be controlled by the narrative of the news and the media and my own social stuff all the time, but to really slow down and enjoy my life again. There's nothing like one of those wide awake wake-up calls that you get in the morning, right? Now, I have a three-year-old son, so I get these all the time. I get these crazy, stressful wake-up calls that immediately move you from, like, deliriously waking up to I'm more awake than I've ever been in a moment because of something that's happening, right? Shepard, our son's name is Shepard. He's three years old. He's next door now in kids' church. He's awesome. And what he's done recently is now when he's been waking up, his first trip is to go straight to the fridge. Like when he wakes up, the first thing he's doing is going straight to the fridge. It's funny how at three years old, that becomes like a natural thing for us in our life. I'm hungry, first thing to do, eat. And no one talk to me until I eat or have my first sip of coffee, right? Maybe we can relate it that way. Now, Shepard goes to the fridge, and normally what he does is he, his, his favorite thing for breakfast is these little yogurt pouches, and he takes the top off, he, he eats them, he likes to run to our room and show us and say, Mommy, Daddy, look, yogurt pouch. And we're like, thank God you can get that for yourself. Give us 10 more minutes of sleep because that's like the holy grail. Just a few more minutes of sleep is always what you're looking for as a parent of a three-year-old, right? And sometimes things go well. Other times recently, they've been these stressful wake-up calls I've been talking about, all right? So just a few weeks ago, uh, Shepard woke up. We kind of hear the fridge open. He runs into our room, and he's like, Mommy and Daddy, can I have this? And we think it's just his normal yogurt pouch thing that he always wants to eat. I was sadly mistaken when I told him, yes, Shepard, go ahead and open it. You can eat it, buddy, and rolled back over to the other side of the pillow, and I heard him open something that didn't sound like the yogurt pouch because it had a seal, like, peeling back. I didn't know what 
what it was. And I rolled over and I said, Shepard, you can't have that. And I freaked him out. And he threw what was in his hand up into the sky, which was one of his microwavable mac and cheese packs covering our bed in cheese. And I woke up like soaked in cheese. And I'm like, this is not the way anyone ever wants to wake up. Spent my morning throwing our comforter in the washer to get cheese. It's like vegan cheese too, which is like all weird. So who knows, right? Just a couple days ago, he did the same thing and he came in. He's like, daddy, can I have this? And he had a, one of the big like white takeout things of white rice from like Chinese food. And he was like, can I have this? I said, no, you can't have that. And I took it from him. And then he did like the sweetest thing. If you have kids, you understand sometimes you're going to be like really angry and like, don't have that. And then they'll say something like super sweet to disarm it like right away. He goes, daddy, do you want to share it with me? And I said, no, shepherd, because I don't want cold white rice at 6 a.m. But thank you for the sentiment, right? Like we're going to have these things in our life that move us from, uh, whoa, I'm asleep to I'm wide awake now. And I really pray that these talks, this conversation today especially will be that for you. To move you from, instead of just observing and watching your life go by, to actually living with some intentionality. To not letting things like stress and hurry and a packed schedule and busyness take over your life. But to really slow down and eliminate hurry in our life and find the simplicity of what life was always meant to be. And I can give you that in just two sentences right here. It's to understand the simplicity of life is this right here, is that Jesus is enough and his promises are true. Jesus is enough and his promises are true. I love this word enough because I think it speaks to our level of contentment and satisfaction in our life. Now, I am just like any normal person. I really enjoy food. I've talked a lot about food already today, so let's keep going. Now, when I go to eat at a nice restaurant, one of the things that drives me crazy, especially if it's a little bit more on the pricey side, if it's like three, you know, the three or four dollar signs on the Yelp review, if I go to that restaurant and I order something and it doesn't fill me up, if it's not enough, I get a little upset. Like, I just paid a lot of money, and this has not done the one thing it was supposed to do, fill me up. Who cares how good it tastes? If it leaves me hungry, why did I buy it, right? That's just my honest opinion, okay? So, but on the flip side of it, sometimes I'll get a little crazy at the dollar menu sometimes, and I'll have way more than enough, and I'll enter into that lethargic, lazy, like, food coma that we can all enter into sometimes, leads to that Sunday nap, right, where we have more than enough, and it's not good either, now, see, the idea today is that Jesus is enough, that he's never going to leave you wanting. He's never going to leave you lacking. He's always going to be exactly enough for what you need in every situation and scenario in your life. But he's also not going to spoil you. He's also not going to do so much that it moves you into a place where you don't do anything anymore, where you sit back and just consume, 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 and never actually participate or maybe even work in your life from the freedom that he's given you. He is enough. He's always exactly what you need. But the other side as well is that his promises are true. I need to let you understand today that I can confidently say this. Jesus has never, ever let me down. Now, I will say there's been moments where he's moved in my life in different ways than I expected, where he answered or didn't answer prayers in my life in the way that I thought he should. But looking down the road, looking back, hindsight is 2020. Man, I'm so glad Jesus has moved in my life in the way that he has. He's never let me down. He's never let me down, and he's not about to let you down either. He is always there for us. He is always enough. His promises are true. People in the Bible really knew this. 
in times where the only thing they had was Jesus providing for them and helping them and caring for them. He was who they needed. And they turned to him, and guess what? He was there. He lifted them up. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, he says this. He says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Would you underline the phrase for me? And this same God who takes care of me. And this same God who takes care of me. Now, who is the me I'm talking about? Well, Philippians is written by the Apostle Paul. And Paul has an incredible story of life. So in the beginning of his life, he had dedicated everything to pretty much stopping the move of God that was happening after Jesus had risen from the dead. He was killing Christians. He was shutting down churches. He was throwing people in prison, doing whatever he could to stop the movement of the gospel of message of Jesus moving throughout this world. And something happens. God shows up. Jesus actually shows up on the road to Damascus where Paul is traveling. And he shows up in Paul's life and says, hey, Paul, what you're doing isn't good. I'm going to need you to stop doing that. And what happens is Paul's life is radically changed to where he goes from killing Christians and shutting churches down to actually planting churches all over the known world, to telling every single person that he could about Jesus, to encouraging them and doing whatever he could to build the message of Jesus in this world. And he knew that the only thing that he had at times was Jesus. Paul went through a lot. He was shipwrecked one time, got bit by a poisonous snake. I don't want that to ever happen to me. So, but in those moments, he leaned on Jesus. In the moments where people were wanting to kill him and throw him in jail, he leaned on Jesus. In the moments where people turned their back on him and said, hey, you used to kill us, bro. We don't care what you're saying. We don't want anything to do with you. He continued to take one step after the other and live one day at a time and know that Jesus was supplying and taking care of every single need that he had. It's all been supplied to us. It's simple. Jesus is enough, and his promises are true. But sometimes we begin to get past this point where it can't be that simple. It can't really be that simple, that just Jesus is enough. and that, No, there's got to be more. But if we really lean into those statements, we find out how significant they are. Because here's the thing. Left to ourselves, life gets a little crazy. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Because we overcomplicate things. How many of you guys have ever overcomplicated something to the point where it just drove you crazy? Right? Like someone said something to you. I've done this before. And I think I've shared about it, but I'll share about it again. Like when you're having a texting conversation with someone. And you ask them a question. And they respond with like the weirdest text in existence. Yes. That's it. No punctuation. No anything. And you're like, are they mad that I asked them that question? Are they mad that they want that they said yes they wanted to go to lunch, but why did they just say yes with no exclamation point or no emoji? Why didn't they say yes? I'm so excited. What does just yes mean? It means yes that they're going to come. They're going to be there, right? And sometimes it drives us crazy, but really the person says, I just said yes, man, but why? Because we can't see them, we don't hear the inflection in their voice. Maybe they are like, yeah, I guess I'll go, right? Even that's better sometimes. We create problems that don't exist. We create situations that stress us out when they're really actually just simple occurrences in our life. Something that maybe you're at the end of the work day, right? And you say, okay, boss, have a great day. And they're like, yep. No. What? He didn't say have a great day back. Am I getting fired tomorrow? Like, what is happening? Am I doing my job well? What's going on here? Please, someone tell me. Give me the answer, right? And we get so stressed out over things that don't even exist. 
even in our house, right, one of the things, we've been walking through this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and we've been realizing that some of the things that are in it are actually, they're just taking it straight from the teachings of Jesus. One of the things he talks about in the chapter on simplicity is how much clutter we have in our life, right? Now, Adrian and I, when we moved here to Tampa in 2018, we moved out of our little apartment, little one-one apartment, and I was so frustrated because we had so much stuff, right? You ever helped anyone move before? And uh, you're like, yeah, I'll help you move. I'll be there, you know, okay, cool, Saturday morning, come help us move. And then you get there, and yes, you're helping them move, but you're also helping them organize everything that they refused to put in boxes before you got there. Like, just so you know, when you're moving, the polite thing to do is to box everything up and have everything labeled, because that's not moving, that's helping you organize all your junk and clutter. I did that to my friends when I moved. Like, I didn't have anything, but I came over, it was like I was still living there, right? There was nothing packed away. I was like, okay, let's put everything in boxes. Like, that's not moving, man. Like, we're here to lift heavy stuff. What I've realized is the next time I want to move, I just want to sell everything, right? Facebook marketplace, sell it all, so all I'm moving is just my family's bodies from one house to the other, right? Nothing else. I'll pack it all with a whole bunch of junk when we get there, but I'm not moving any of that stuff because clutter and stuff stresses ourselves out, right? Like clutter in our life is anything that robs us of joy. Sometimes we can have so much stuff, but we have no joy in our life, right? Like we got, we got a closet full, but we're so frustrated because we have nothing to wear, right? Or we have all these things that we think are going to bring us joy, but it's really just empty space. It's just empty stuff that doesn't actually build us up or doesn't breathe life back into us, right? Clutter is anything that robs you of joy. Clutter is anything that stresses you out. See, I think because we have so much stuff sometimes in our life, it actually, again, adds stress to us. Now, I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm twofold when it comes to clutter. The first side is I'm definitely like the, well, I may need that someday guy, right? You got that stuff in your house, there's no reason for you to have it, but you have it because I may need that one wrench that, fix, that fits that one type of bolt someday, and when I need it, I'm going to have it right here, and then I still haven't used it, it's still in the packaging, right? Or I'm going to need this at one point, but you never, ever need it. I'm also the sentimental guy. Where I look at stuff, I'm like, oh we, oh, we can't throw that away. That was Shepard's first T-shirt. And Adrian's like, it's covered in goo and food and stuff. Let's just get, get rid of it. I'm like, oh, but it was his first thing. I'm very bad with stuff that he makes. Like, for a while, my car was just packed with all these little crafts that Shepard have made. I couldn't tell you what they were. Some of it was just scribbles. Some of it literally was like he just took a crayon and drew a line, and I thought it was like a masterpiece. But it just begins to be clutter, because sometimes sentiment is not a good thing, because you hold on to stuff that you don't need anymore, and you have all this stuff that's stressing you out. Because if you have a lot of stuff, you have that much more things to worry about. Clutter robs us of joy. Clutter robs us of just simply enjoying life. And it does it sometimes way more than stuff. It's our emotions, right? It's our busyness of life. We have to be doing more because sometimes it seems like we're not doing enough. See, I want you to write this down today. Left to ourselves, life gets dangerous. And the problem is our unconscious drives of I want and I fear. I want more stuff or I want what they have and I'm afraid if I don't get it, I'm not gonna be like them or I'm not gonna feel okay. I want this, and I fear that. Two of the most unhealthy statements that a lot of times drive our decision-making, right? Now, these, now, what he talks about in the book, which is really powerful, and I'm going to relate it to the teachings of Jesus in just a second. He talks about how these two phrases were really, during World War II, what Hitler and the Nazis used to completely fill their country with propaganda and take over the narrative of what they were trying to do. That we want this to happen, and if it doesn't, you need to be afraid. You need to let fear 
drive all the decisions you're making. This is what we want to happen. If it doesn't, this is what's going to happen. You need to be afraid. That's not healthy at all. And what happened was there was this guy during this season. His name was Edward Bernays. He is Sigmund Freud's nephew. And he began to realize that, okay, if the Hitler and the Nazis could do this during wartime, how could now someone use it in culture and society? And again, this is not like conspiracy theory stuff. This is actually what happened. This guy named Edward Bernays became the father of public relations. What he's, what he's called now is the father of modern advertising. Creating advertising and stories that would make you say, I want that. That would make you say, I fear if I don't have that, my life is not going to be okay. You look at 40, 50 years ago, everything ad, everything ad related was, this product won't let you down. This product is reliable. Now it's moved. If you don't have this most latest thing, you are not as good as that person. We make your life easier. Well, I want my life to be easier, and I'm afraid of a stressful, crazy life, so I guess I need that thing. See, it's getting rid of just the simplicities of truth of life, the thing we need all this stuff that I want and I fear, and it leads to big problems from the inside out. And Jesus knew this. I want to share again Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 30, verse 33. It's from the message version because I just love the narrative that it portrays for us. It says this, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? Underline those three lines for me. He'll attend to you, he'll take pride in you, and he'll, he'll do his best for you. What Jesus is saying, this is the words of Jesus, he's saying if God is taking care of the birds of the air and taking care of the flowers in the ground, don't you think you're a little more valuable than those? Don't you think God's going to take care of you as well? I love that idea of take pride in you. You are not a mistake. God takes pride in who you were created to be. And God does his best for you. I love this idea that there is our Heavenly Father, Creator God, who is doing his best for my life. Man, really takes a lot of pressure off me. I don't have to try and perform. I simply work with what I already have. And I have the God of the universe on my side. I have a friend who sticks closer than a brother whose name is Jesus. He takes pride in what I'm doing. He pays attention to my life, and he gives me his best. I was reading a commentary on this story. What he says is the reason we can get so stressed out, we can build so much complexity in our life, and we feel like we have to take care of everything, is because we have an incorrect view of our value in God's eyes. That we think God just sees us as our mistakes, or we think God just sees us as our doubts or our unbeliefs, rather than simply seeing us for who we are, which is sons and daughters of his. Can I tell you today, you are valuable to God. Turn to the person next to you, tell them, hey, you're valuable to God today. Let them know that. We need to know that today. You're valuable to God. And if you're feeling like a good friend, tell them you're valuable to you as well. Like, hey, you're valuable to me as well, especially if you're sitting next to like your spouse or something, probably important to let them know that. But here's the thing. You're valuable in God's eyes. So know he's going to take care of you. If you realize that God loves you so much, you're going to understand that he's not going to let you down, that he's not going to just completely pull the rug out from under you. What does this verse continue to say? Jesus, again, what I'm trying to get you to do is to relax. Circle that word about a hundred times. Underline it again and make sure you write it down because we just got to relax in what's simple. Relax in what's easy. So you can respond, do not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Would you underline this phrase, don't worry about missing out? 
That is such a freeing phrase for me. Woo! Because I worry about missing out all the time. I always think I'm not getting as much out of life as someone else. Because everyone else, when I look on their Instagram or Facebook, looks like their life is awesome. They never have any issues. They're never woken up with macaroni and cheese falling from the sky at 6 a.m. in the morning. They look like great parents who have no gray hair. I'm losing my hair and it's turning gray. Like, it's twofold for me right now as a parent. It's awful. Like, what's wrong with me? Oh, it's nothing. I don't have to worry about missing out. Can I encourage you today? I promise you, you have never or will never solve a problem by worrying. I know because I come from a family of worriers that are always worried about everything that's happening. For a while, my mom was like, hey, have you set up your vaccine appointment? Like, no, not mom, mom, not yet. But one day I just went because I got a text. There was no wait over at the racetrack over here. I'm like, I'm going to go get it. I'll get the Johnson & Johnson one shot in and all done and all good. Would you believe the next day was when the report came out saying that they're pulling that vaccine and I woke up to about 30 texts saying, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Are you feeling tightness in your arm? I'm like, mom, it was like six out of six million people, all who are older women. I am not an older woman last time I checked, mom. So I think think I'm okay. We don't solve problems by worrying. We only make them worse. I promise you, you've never worried about a situation so much. It's a man, I'm, I'm so glad I worried so hard about that. That really, that really was the trick. That really was the solution. The remedy was stress. No, don't worry about missing out. I love that word that it uses in the message, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provision. I had no idea that the word steep even existed in the English language until I got married. I had no idea what it meant. I had no idea that it was something that was really important when it came to drinking tea. I'm a tea drinker. I drink something, I like, it's like a, a, a throat coat tea that helps you after you speak a lot. And I drink like this thing, it's very nice, called Sleepy Time Tea. It has a sleepy little bear on it. It's awesome, I love it. I used to use it all the time. I love tea. But when we got married, I, uh, this is all I would ever do is either heat up some water in the microwave or in the tea kettle, and I would just pour the water in the coffee mug and drop the tea bag in, and then I would just start drinking it. When I got married, my wife, Adrienne, she was like, what are you doing? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, you didn't let it steep. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. What are you talking about? Like, I'm just drinking it. She says, you got to let it steep. you got to put, like, a plate or a lid on it and let it steep for a while. I didn't know that. I'm like, it's just, it's, turned, it's changing color. That's got to be good enough, right? But when I did that, I was like, man, this is so much better than any other tea I've ever had. You have to let it steep for a while. Life is the same way. God's not a microwave God, right? He's more like, okay, like just hold on, be patient, I'm working with you. Here's why. It's the whole idea like God can either give you a fish or he can teach you how to fish, right? If I gave you a fish, you're full for one meal. If I teach you how to fish, you know how to feed yourself for the rest of your life. That's what God is trying to do. Because sometimes we pray prayers that only solve a singular situation in our life. And God's like, I can't solve it that way because what I'm trying to teach you is going to help you solve a hundred problems throughout your life for the next five years. So just trust me slow down. Let me know that I'm with you. Come on, God's with you today. If you're celebrating that, thankful for that, we can get excited and be excited today. You're not missing out. You don't have to worry. God is with you. Steep yourself in that Jesus is enough and his promises are true. As we close, let me give you a couple things really quick. I want to really just get it down to the nitty-gritty simplicity of your life. These are the only two statements that matter in our life. I promise you it is true. And we only need to fill our life with the things that matter. Here are the two things. The first thing that matters is your relationship with God and people in that order. And the second thing that matters is your life in God's kingdom. Test me in this. If you give everything that you have to these two things, life will begin to make more sense. If you give everything you have to these two things, your relationships will be better, 
your job will be better, your experience of life will be more fulfilled. Relationship with God, first and foremost, he's where everything started. He created us, he breathed life into us. We have to deal with people. So guess what? If our relationship with God is healthy, our relationship with people will be healthy. It's not just about putting God first, it's about putting him in the center. Because when you put him in the center, then he connects to everything in your life. He doesn't just want to be God for an hour on a Sunday morning or for 10 minutes in the morning. He wants to be involved in your life. So connect with him. It'll help all your relationships. And the second thing is, is that your life is not of this world. Why do we feel so at conflict with this world a lot of times and our emotions? It's because we were created for God's kingdom. We were created to walk with God. And when we messed it up with our own decisions, it's going to lead to some friction and chaos moments. We're slowing down and filling our, filling our life with these things, the only things that matter. Man, it's the, it's the key, it's the secret. It's all that matters. Again, in Matthew chapter six, in verse 22, Jesus uses this phrase, I wanna throw it up on the screen for you. It says, your eye is like a lamp, verse 22, sorry, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. Love this symbolism of light. But I want you to underline this phrase for me, when your eye is healthy. Now this is not just Jesus talking about optometry for some reason, talking about good eyesight. He's actually using a phrase in biblical culture which would have been seen as something as hugely encouraging and a great compliment to people. If someone looked at you and said, hey, your eye is healthy, what they were telling you is that you live your life with tremendous intentionality. You're not just letting life pass you by. You see life in a deeper sense. The way you approach life, your perspective on life is rich and meaningful and significant and people around you notice it. The second thing is, is that not, not only are you tremendously intentional, but that you live incredibly generous to those around you. That you seem just to want to make a difference in people's lives. That your, health, your eye is healthy because you see the needs around you. And you do whatever you can to make a difference. Man, that's simple. If I can commit to two things, I just want to live my life intentionally and I want to make a difference in people. That's what leaves a legacy. That's what builds God's kingdom. Everything else, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just excess. It's not, it's not the necessity. The core necessity of who you and I are is to know that Jesus is enough, that his promises are true. So what now? Simple. Fill the things that matter. Fill the things that matter. And as we close today quickly, I want to give you three things, two which are great, the third one which is really great, but a little bit more difficult to talk about. But I want you to fill the things that matter. How many of you guys ever took the SAT or the ACT in your life? Remember taking that test? Oh gosh, I hated it. Fell asleep every time that I took it. The proctors of those exams hated me because I would, you know, be sleeping. They'd be like, wake up! I'm sorry, man, this is so boring. I can't do any more of this. This is to that. Is that like, the, what, when am I ever going to use that again, right? Never. But anyway, that's a little side note. But on the instructions on your SAT, you always got this, right? A complete mark, complete bubble is to fill it out all the way. If you check the bubble, you're not going to be marked that you got full credit for answering the question, right? What we've been really talking about this whole series, this whole collection of talks, is that life is not about checking off a to-do list. Life is not about checking off a bunch of tasks. Life is about living it to the full with the purpose that God created for us. Because here's the thing, I could get every single question on the SAT right, but if I filled it out the wrong way, it doesn't matter. 
I would miss every question. I would not be counted as full credit. Here's the thing, it's not about getting the question right. It's about understanding our approach to life is so much more important. That our approach is one of fullness. Our approach is one of Jesus is enough. Our approach is that his promises are true. So I'm gonna fill in the bubble. I may not get to every single bubble question, but you know what, the ones I take attention to and the ones I listen to and the one I look at, I'm gonna make sure I approach this with every single ounce of attention and purpose that is meant to do it so that I can fulfill it in the way that Jesus has called me to because Jesus has called you to a complete life, a full life, a significant life that is full of purpose and can make a difference in the people around you. Don't just check off a bunch of lists. Anyone can do that. It's the beauty and simplicity of slowing down and trusting in God. And that's what we're celebrating, the people who are going to be baptized today. And as I close, I want to give you three quick things. They're really important, but I'm going to give them to you very quickly. Remember, I talked about your relationship with God, God and people. That's the first one. The second thing was your life in God's kingdom. So what are the things I'm supposed to fill, complete mark, in God's kingdom? The first thing is our time. We only have so much time here on this earth. We only have so much time here to live this life that it was a gift from God. We only have so much time to be who God created us to be. Because when we say yes to Jesus, yeah, we're going to spend eternity with him. But man, what we do here on earth is going to echo in eternity forever. So what do we do with our time? Three quick things how you can fill your time. Number one, slow down, then rest, then be in the room. Got to slow down. Again, it's been the theme of April for our talks. Slow down, you're going too fast, then rest. Give yourself permission to rest. I was literally just talking to someone after first service saying they've been moving so fast, working so hard, then things have picked up back after COVID that they haven't rested at all. Rest, take a day off, turn your phone off. Slow down, rest. The third one is be in the room. This is important. Being in the room is something that is un, you cannot find it anywhere else. Being in the room like this, experiencing God, making friends, building the purpose in our life, there's nothing like it. I would just encourage you to find a capital C church somewhere. Now, I love local church. I love it. It's awesome. I think we have great people here, and I know you will write an incredible story. But I would encourage you, if if this isn't your cup of tea, find whatever is and commit to it and be in the room because God's house is where we belong. God's community is where you're valued and where you matter and where the best is yet to come. Time, fill it up by slowing down, resting, and being in the room. The second thing is your talent. Everyone in here is talented in some way or the other. You may not be, you know, you may not feel like you're talented to speak or sing, but you're talented in the way you care for people. You're talented in your encouragement. You're talented in the way you serve others. You are talented in one way or another. And God does not create mistakes. God creates things full of purpose that matter, that can make a difference. That's why we say every single week, you gotta go. This is the two things. You gotta go to Growth Track so we can tell you who you are. What we do is we let you know you were created and wired a specific way, and your spirit has gifts that can make a difference here on this earth. Now, we don't have Growth Track today because of baptisms, but next week, it's step one where you learn about our church and learn about how you can find your place here to make a difference. What I love about some of the people getting baptized today is they're on what's called our home team, the team that wins every Sunday. I pray pretty hard to make sure the Bucks win every Sunday, and this last season I did pretty good. But you know what? Bigger than that is our home team that volunteers and serves on Sundays because we win every single Sunday because there's people in the room that set up your chair. There's people in the room that made coffee for you, that helped you park so that you could win today, so you could experience God and know who you are. 
Here's what's great about the home team is that every life that is moving from death to life out of that baptismal tank today, they have involvement with because they helped make this happen where that person was able to say yes to Jesus. And I want to be a part of that story. I want to be involved in making that difference. I want to use my talents for that. Third one, I'm going to need you to lean in with me. Your treasure. One of the things Jesus talked about the most was our money and our finances. Why? Because he knew it was gonna be the thing that constantly competed for our attention. He knew it was gonna be the easiest thing we could turn to that would never satisfy us or that would never be enough because it's under our control, because it's something that we can use. Now, if we fill our treasure in God's kingdom, here's what it looks like. Number one, it's finding peace in our financial situation. On the screen, you're gonna see what's called financial peace resources. And if you text the word challenge to 97,000, I'll tell you why it's the word challenge in just a second. We're gonna give you access to what's called Dave Ramsey's financial peace classes that help you move out of debt, that help you learn how to budget, that help you move from approaching money super stressed out to super free, to super understanding that God's with you in it. And we wanna give it to you completely for free because we wanna be a church that serves you and helps you. I would take advantage of that because it's access that I know will help you, help you solve some things maybe you've been dealing with for a long time. And it's free access to you. You get free access to all the classes. You get free access to budgeting apps and software that costs upwards to thousands of dollars a year. For you as our church, it's a free gift. So that's the gift you get to receive. Here's the practice I would encourage you to step into. We're gonna introduce today, we're gonna do this two times a year. It's called the 90 Day Tithe Challenge. Told you it was gonna get a little heavy really quickly. <laughs> the tithe is our first 10% of our income. We give it to God. Not because he needs it, I promise you, if God can speak light to the darkness, he doesn't need any sort of money. We need God to be involved in our financial situation. The 90 Day Tithe Challenge is saying, you know what, I'm not gonna force you to do this. If you don't wanna do it, don't do it. But I would ask you today as we begin to close, Ask God, God, would you have me take this challenge and for 90 days, we're gonna tithe. And throughout the whole 90 days, if you get to the end of it and you didn't see God move once or you don't feel more connected to God, we'll give back everything that you gave to you 100% just because you took the challenge. But here's why we believe you won't do that because it's the only promise in the Bible where God says, test me in this and watch what I do. The only area where God says it's okay to test him is in our financial situation. The only way that we can do that is by trusting him. Let me be really honest with you as we close. I'm gonna tell you a transparent story. Tax time, we just had a situation in Adrian and I's life where we expected to get something back on our taxes and there were some things that were messed up with both of our paychecks, especially with the first year of the church where we owed like a, like a ton for some reason. We had no idea. When I got that report, I'll be honest, I was like, what are we gonna do? But I knew that God, since I was 16 years old and tithed on my $80 childcare check way back when from a church, eight bucks. <laughs> I knew God from then on has been involved in my financial situation. So I just trusted God. I didn't freak out, didn't panic. The next day our accountant called us and said, hey, there were some things that were messed up. You're getting, don't worry, you don't owe anything. It's all worked out, it's fine. I was at peace because I knew God was involved. Let God strike me down if I'm lying to you. There's been stressful situations in our financial stories from planting this church living off our savings while we were doing it, I promise you I have never been afraid with my finances because God has always been involved in it. Because I know God can do way more with 90% that he is involved in than I can do with 100% on my own. Doesn't make sense, it's not supposed to, and 
That's the simple truth of today. I would encourage you, you've got a chance over these 90 days. What do you have to lose? You get it back anyway, if it doesn't make a difference in your life. See what God does. And through our online ways of local.church slash give, you can set up recurring giving to where it just goes automatically. But I would be a horrible pastor if I told you about worshiping and praying and reading your Bible and never taught you this because it's the only area where God says, test me and I'll show you how good I am. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we finish today? Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to local church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.